Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. Um, a tough one, definitely a tough one today. Um, the Giants did start down ten nothing. They came back, and um, you know it was twenty four sixteen. They had a great drive to score fourth and two. Saquon up the middle, touchdown. Daniel Bellinger keeps his feet in back of the end zone. Jones extends the play, finds him. It was awesome. And then that final drive for Minnesota happens and the screen pass to Jefferson. And it leads to a 61-yard field goal. And as Giants fans, we've been there before. I think it's been now five times in the past five seasons or maybe six seasons that the Giants have been on the wrong end of a game-winning 61-yard field goal. 2017 was Jake Elliott with the Eagles. You had Graham Gano, the uh, the current Giant, but former uh, Panther, with a 61-yarder back in 2018, and then today was Greg Joseph, who's made a you know plenty of clutch kicks for the Vikings this year. So the Giants do fall to eight six and one. Now the good news is that a lot of teams the Giants needed to lose did lose. The Seahawks lost, the Lions lost, and the Commanders lost. So it's not like the Giants are in a bad spot right now. Obviously, if they won today, they would have clinched a playoff spot. That would have been great. But I do have much confidence in this team to be able to beat the Colts next week. I'm not that concerned about it. And the Colts are coming off a short week because they play on Monday this week. So as long as they handle business at home against a bad Colts team, the Giants will be playoff bound. Even if the Giants don't win a game this year, there's still or another game this year. There's still a chance they are playoff bound. So I'm not like freaking out. It sucks to lose this game, obviously, the way they did, but I also kind of leave this game encouraged. I know when you come to my channel, you probably hear a lot of negativity sometimes or pe um, you know, pessimistic type views, but this game actually leaves me pretty optimistic about what the Giants could be going forward, and I know that a lot of times like I get labeled a Daniel Jones hater and things like that. I was I left this game just like, loving what I saw from Daniel Jones today. And if Daniel Jones gives me this consistently, I'm all aboard a Daniel Jones train. Now, the problem is that most of the time this year, he has not done this. Now, I know they were playing like the worst passing defense today. And most times Kafka has kept the offense kind of limited. But today, for whatever reason, whether it was the matchup or whether it was like I don't know. Like I don't. I have no idea what what else it would be. But they opened up the offense today, which I've been hoping would happen. And I get the Giants don't have great receivers, but they're still NFL talent receivers. You can make something happen with these guys. You still have Isaiah Hodgins, who's been playing great football. Richie James is an okay slot receiver. He definitely has his mishaps here and there, as we know. And Darius Slayton, he's a fine, you know, wide receiver three on most teams, but on this team, he's a wide receiver one, but he still gets the job done most times. So um, the Giants were able to put up points offensively. I said in the pregame video for this, like the Giants will have to put up at least like 21 in this game. They put up 24. So they were able to kind of do their part offensively. There were some miscues. There there was the fumble by Bellinger, which was in a pretty costly situation because I do believe they were right on the cusp of getting into the red zone. Um, there was the, the Daniel Jones interception, which like I don't, I'm not going to like, once again, I'm not going to come on here and get mad at Daniel Jones for throwing one interception in a game where the guy was throwing the ball all over the yard 
and I thought played great. 334 passing yards and one touchdown. I'm not going to get on you for an interception. So I know you guys might be shocked by that because once again, I am labeled a Jones hater. But when you're putting up points offensively and throwing the ball for a lot of yards and moving the offense, I'm not going to get on your ass for having one interception. It wasn't even like the worst interception either. I do think he threw it to the right guy. He just threw it slightly behind him. Maybe Patrick Peterson kind of baited him into it as a crafty veteran at this point in his career. But I'm not that mad about the interception. I'm more mad about the Daniel Bellinger fumble and like the dropped interceptions on defense and things like that. So, you know, I I do feel a bit optimistic now about Daniel Jones going forward. Now, if he turns back into you know, a guy who looks very limited next week and and whatever. Um, I'm not going to feel as good about it, but I would say if Jones continues to play like this the rest of the year, he's going to be back next year. I'm not going to say it's going to be like a four or five year deal, but he'll at least be back for next year if he can play at this level. So that would be great. And hopefully, of course, the Giants can add some talent around him in the offseason. So I didn't even, that was like my opening intro. That took a long ass time. But anyway, hopefully you guys enjoy the video. Uh, leave a like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow the podcast and let's get into it. I forgot to mention this in my uh, preview video, so I kind of felt bad about it afterwards. But I do want to wish you guys a happy holiday. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. And uh, I actually want to hear in the comments, what is the best gift you've ever received that is Giants related? Um, I'm trying to think of what mine is. I think in 2017. So this was actually like right after Eli got benched for Geno. But of course, Eli finished the year as a starter. Um, I got like this really big framed Eli jersey signed and it had like, you know, four pictures. It was like it was a really cool piece of memorabilia for Eli Manning. So I think that's my favorite Giants like thing I got for Christmas or you know, even Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, like just your best Giants gift. I definitely want to see those in the comments. So anyway, let's get into the offense. We kind of touched on Daniel Jones already. 30 for uh, 30 for 42, 334 yards, which I believe is his second most or maybe most this year. He had over 300 in the Lions game too. But um 334 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and DJ did add some rushing yards as well. We'll get to that. Four carries for 34 yards, and I don't think many of those were designed. I think a lot of those were just kind of broken plays, and he said, all right, I'm taking off, and um, he made things happen, Daniel Jones, so I love seeing that. Um, As I mentioned, the guy played a great game. I don't put any of this game on him whatsoever. I don't care about the interception. I mean, I do care, but like I also don't blame the guy because I want my quarterback taking chances. I don't really care if it happens in that type of way. Saquon, 14 carries, 84 yards total. Did have a rushing touchdown as we touched on before with the fourth and two play to go down by two and six yards per carry. Saquon did have a pretty nice receiving day. Definitely had a lot of targets. He had eight receptions for 49 yards. Wow. So yeah, this might have been his highest reception total of the year this actually might be Saquon's highest reception total since like 2018 which was his rookie year obviously like he was getting these type of receptions with Eli because Eli at that point in his career did not want to take hits and was checking the ball down the Barkley a lot and throwing a lot of swing passes but uh Saquon I feel like has not seen eight receptions in a while so I, I could be wrong about that but maybe someone can fact check me on that one but I feel like it's been a while since Saquon has had over eight receptions um so as I said this is the Daniel Jones I've been waiting for Evan Neal did not have the best day he did get beat by I think Daniel Hunter early 
That play did cause a fumble, but I think Jones got onto it. Actually, no, I think Evan Neal got back onto it. So Evan Neal gave up the sack, and Jones lost the ball, but Evan Neal jumped back on it. So I was like, all right, well, at least he recovered the fumble. But, um, you know, I'm still not that worried about Evan Neal, like the big picture in his entire career. But for this year, at least, as I said last week, it's it's been a disappointing season for Evan Neal. You know, the injury, the inconsistency, not playing well overall. Um, it happens, though. Andrew Thomas had the same type of thing. I mean, sometimes rookie tackles take a while. So uh, hopefully by next year, he's a stud. So hopefully that's what happens. Uh, Andrew Thomas also allowed a sack. So, I mean, you don't see it every week. But I think Thomas now, I think maybe like three of the past four weeks has a, allowed a sack, which is definitely not Andrew Thomas-like. He got beat around the edge. It happens. Not everyone's going to be perfect. But with Andrew Thomas, you felt like that sack. I was very secure, and I still feel great about Thomas overall, but just another thing that was a reason the Giants did not win today. Offense had a very clutch drive at the end, as I mentioned, so it was a seven-play drive. They were down by eight points, and I'm sure Vikings fans felt very confident at that point that Minnesota would take that victory, and the Giants offense got the ball with exactly three minutes to go. They were on their own 25-yard line. They hit um, Darius Slayton for a 32-yard gain. That was a weird play because Slayton like caught it was a pretty short pass, I feel like, and then Slayton kind of just like tiptoed down the sideline for an extra 20 yards, so that worked out, and then got into a fourth and two, so they had the eight-yard gain to to no one, actually. Daniel Jones had an eight-yard rushing play, and then on a fourth and two, out of the shotgun, just like an inside handoff to Saquon for 27 yards and a touchdown, then the two-point conversion came, and I'm really happy that Jones actually gave his guy a shot. As I said, I do love one my quarterback, whether it's Jones or... Eli or anybody else I've watched in the Giants uniform gives their receivers a shot, especially on two-point conversions because that's like a do-or-die type play. Jones probably doesn't throw that ball maybe in a normal situation like on first down and goal, but that being a two-point conversion, he he said, screw it, I'm going to throw this up to Daniel Bellinger. He got it right over the defender's arms, and Bellinger made the catch, kept his feet in. Giants tied the game. So then, of course, you know, the Vikings came down the field and I mean that play we'll go over that in the defense more but that play where Justin Jefferson had the uh the screen pass for 17 yards it seemed like they sent a lot of pressure and that's like one thing I kind of like you know want to get on Don Martindale for it's like why did you send so much pressure there in that case just play like conservative defense like a cover two and just make sure they don't get into field goal range but he sent maybe like five six guys and um, obviously a screen pass against the Blitz is going to work a lot of times for the offense. So that did not work out too well for the Giants there. Um, so yeah, the offense had the clutch drive. Bad Richie James drop. Yeah, Richie James had a pretty awful drop on third down. It was a third and five on Minnesota's 37. But Graham Gano did make a 55-yard field goal right after. And Graham Gano, by the way, has been spectacular. Awesome. Like he's been worth every penny so far. Um but there was also a, the next drive after this. So the drive after the Richie James um, drop on third down. So they, you know, the Vikings got into a third and 17. They checked down the Hawkinson nine-yard gain. So they punted. Now the Giants, they started on their own 25. And they had the five-yard play to Isaiah Hodgins. And then Daniel Jones, um, incomplete pass for Isaiah Hodgins. So the Giants then had a fourth and four on their own 31. So at that point, they were down eight, I believe it was. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was a one-point game. They were down 17-16 at that point. So fourth and four, your own 31. I kind of wanted to go for that. 
I tweeted it, and then like literally seconds later, uh, Jamie Gillen had his block punt uh, had his punt blocked. And, um, yeah, that just was not great to see. I, I think in that situation, like, I don't know the analytics off the top of my head, and I do think the Giants are definitely more analytically driven now than they have ever been. And we know Brian Dable's not afraid to go for it, but in that situation, you're down one. I get if you don't get that, it does put Minnesota in the field goal range, but you're still down four if you hold Minnesota to a field goal. So I feel like you're still in a one-possession game, even if the Vikings... You know, let's say the Giants don't get that fourth and four on their own 31. Even if the Vikings get the ball back and score a touchdown and make the extra point, assuming they go up eight. So, like, you're still down one possession regardless. And as we know, the Giants did get the ball back down eight and they went down the field and tied the game. So that's why on fourth and four, when you only need four yards, you might as well just go for it. I mean, it's not going to work out sometimes, but I feel like in that situation, you just put the ball in. Daniel Jones's hands for how well he was playing and, and try and get the four yards. Anyway, the Vikings scored like a minute later. That was a Jeff, Justin Jefferson 17-yard touchdown. Then the Giants got the ball back, had the seven-play drive, and they got two-point conversion. So that was great to see, but just I, I kind of wanted to go for that one, not going to lie. I mean, I don't like to get on Brian Dable too much because he's like our savior, but at the same time, like I wanted to be more aggressive on a play like that. So Isaiah Hodgins, I would say definitely a keeper. Um, I don't think Hodgins is like an elite wide receiver and probably never will be, but definitely a guy I want to keep around. I think especially if Darius Slayton does walk this offseason, I do think he is a free agent, right? I think 2019 was his rookie year. He's in a four-year deal, so I think the math adds up there. Um, Isaiah Hodgins could be like a perfect guy to keep on a cheap contract and can give you some of the production that Slayton did give us or is giving us if Slayton were to walk and get a bigger contract elsewhere. So um, Slayton, by the way, good game. Four catches, 79 yards, so you'll take that. But Isaiah Hodgins, eight catches, 89 yards, and one touchdown. He made a great catch fingertips fully extended it was like a 40 50 yard catch jones gave him a nice ball um hodgins has been great so i really can't ask for much more he's kind of doing what kenny galladay was supposed to do and it sucks that we're paying one guy all the money he's getting and hodgins is probably making like close to the minimum so it's funny how that works out but uh yeah hodgins is definitely a guy i want to see back next year assuming he keeps this type of play up and i end off here saying hey a positive is that they finally opened up the offense i mean last week i know it's a game by game thing right i mean every game especially with a good coaching staff every game is going to have a different game plan and i get that in some weeks you want to kind of tone it down offensively and not take as many shots and things like that but last week daniel jones as i mentioned probably multiple times did not have a single pass attempt over um 13 yards and it was like I'm like, look, I'm happy we won that game versus the uh, Washington Commanders, but at the same time, it's not sustainable to win games like that if your quarterback is not throwing the ball over 13 yards. And of course, you know, that didn't really go over well in the comments with some people, but it's true. I mean, not you're not going to get by in the NFL consistently doing that. So I'm happy they opened up the offense. I'm looking for his passing chart now on next-gen stats for today's game. And I don't think they have it up for some reason. I don't know why, but the most recent one's week 15. So that sucks. Anyway, I, I would like to see that, but Jones definitely just 
gave his receivers more chances. And there were times the receivers did not have much uh, separation and Jones had to fit the ball into a tight window. And he was doing that too, which was great to see. So, you know, it, it's not always going to be your guy's going to have five yards of separation. There are times in the NFL or even any type of football and any level where you have to throw your guy open. And that's what Jones did on like multiple occasions. So I did love seeing that. And Jones definitely elevated the guys around him. That's what we talk about with like really good quarterbacks and guys that are elite. They elevate the players around him. I think Jones did that today. He definitely did. Now, I'm not going to like lose my shit over one game, but if he does that consistently, I definitely will start to buy into the talk of like this guy's a franchise quarterback. So I do hope we see this going forward. I get next week versus the Colts. It may be more of a run heavy game and just try and like not make many offensive mistakes. So I'm not expecting a, a 350 yard uh, passing yard game from Daniel Jones, but I do hope he continues this level of play. Um, up next week. Defensively, um, yeah, I mean, look, there was definitely ups and downs. We know that the Vikings have a lot more offensive talent than the Giants do defensive talent. So, of course, covering Hawkinson and Thielen and Jefferson and Cook and all those guys, it's going to be tough for an entire game. And um, Justin Jefferson definitely left his stamp on this game. Same thing for TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson in this one had a pretty crazy stat line, 13 catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns, had that crazy touchdown reception, Um, so for a tight end, that's an amazing stat line, for anybody, that's an amazing stat line, Justin Jefferson, he did break the uh, single season Vikings franchise, like single season receiving record, so that was pretty cool to see, but 12 receptions, 133 yards, one touchdown, of course, he had his way with Fabian Moreau multiple times, and yeah, I think there was maybe a play or two where Moreau had good coverage on him as well, and I think there was one play where Justin Jefferson definitely would have had a completion for like 20 yards, but Dexter Lawrence altered the throw by getting pressure in Kirk Cousins' face. So um, there were guys that played really well in the Giants' defense individually. Even Jalen Smith actually had a pretty good game. He even had a sack too. Um, so there were almost interceptions in this game by the Giants. Kirk Cousins did leave this game with basically 300 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. But the Giants were very close, like three times to having interceptions. There were two that I know Nick McLeod had that one very early on. It was actually a Hawkinson target where McLeod tried to make a catch where he kept his feet in on the sideline and make the catch. He just flat out dropped the ball. I mean, Nick McLeod, I mean, come on, catch the ball once in a while, will you? But um, there was that one. There was the Cordell flot, which I think was later in the game. It would have been a huge play if it happened, but the like nose of the ball hit the ground. They said he didn't survive the ground or whatever, so that was overturned. And I do think there was also one. It might have been either McLeod or Fabian Moreau. I think one of the like one of the guys intercepted it, and one of the guys had a defensive holding or something like that. So it was called back. So you know those things went against the Giants, and it is what it is. I mean that's why these guys play defense, as they say. But uh, Landon Collins, he stepped up in a big way. He had a sack late in this game, a very nice pass breakup on a TJ Hawkinson, uh, Hawkinson play. I believe had a tackle for a loss. I mean Landon Collins stepped up in a big way today. So to see him back here making plays, I do love seeing that. Dexter Lawrence. I mentioned he definitely altered some throws today from Kirk Cousins. He was getting consistent pressure up the middle. 
We went over that in the pregame as well about how the uh, Vikings' interior offensive line as, is not as good as their tackles, and I didn't really expect much from Ojalari and, and Kayvon um, as compared to what we saw last week. Now, Ojalari, despite leaving the game with an injury, did make an impact. He almost caused a fumble. He was like this close, and somehow Cousins held on to it, but I would say Ojalari made a pretty big impact for the time he played. Kayvon definitely took a step back. Um, you know, I, I did expect that, once again, in a tough matchup, so... It is what it is. Um, the last screen to Jefferson, like we talked about that before. I just feel like Don Martindale just unnecessarily sent too much pressure or too, yeah, just blitz too many guys on that play. They should have played more conservative back into his zone. TJ Hawkinson destroyed them. I know on the Hawkinson first touchdown that Micah McFadden got just torched on a play action play. He crept up way too close to the line of scrimmage, got beat over the top. So. That's part of the uh, Giants linebacker experience. It has not been good this year, and hopefully that's a position they drastically improve in the offseason. Darnay Holmes had a key fourth down pass breakup on Adam Thielen, so Darnay made a big play for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just this type of loss, it sucks, but it also, once again, leaves me a bit encouraged about what this team is going forward. Now, looking at the playoff picture, because the you know, Giants are probably going to be in the playoffs um eight six and one now it seems like there's a very solid chance that the cowboys will be at the buccaneers and if things actually hold the way they are right now the giants would have to play the 49ers on the road i'm sorry i think i messed that up so yeah the giants would have to play the 49ers on the road that is not a matchup i want i would much rather play minnesota so it's almost like falling back to the seven spot and not the six spot would benefit the giants Obviously, you don't want to like avoid any opponents or run away from your opponents, but I just feel like the uh, 49ers matchup is much tougher than the Minnesota Vikings. So I don't know if the Giants like do happen to face the Vikings instead. I have like no problem with that whatsoever. But um, as I mentioned, Seattle losing, the Lions losing, the Commanders losing, all that stuff helps. It is nice to see the Giants actually had 445 total offensive yards, 6.7 yards per play. You don't see that too often, so I do love seeing that. But just a lot of missed opportunities. I think the game came down to the turnovers, the Bellinger play, the Daniel Jones pick to, to Patrick Peterson. Um, you had the interceptions that were almost interceptions but were not interceptions. Like Things like that really changed the game, and I do think that Dom Martindale like just sending too many guys on the final screen pass to Jefferson also changed the game. So plenty of things that went into it. You know, definitely hats off to Greg Joseph for making a freaking 61-yard field goal because, like, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, hopefully one day Graham Gano does that for us. And I do hope the Giants can be on the right end of one of these 61-yard game-winning field goals. So, anyway, the Giants will get the Colts next week. Uh, next week, as I mentioned, I don't see an advanced line for that one already. If I had to guess, I would say the Giants are probably like uh, four and a half, five point favorites, hopefully, maybe more. So um, they should win that game. And if the Giants win that game, they're in the playoffs. So just worry about the Colts now and, you know, hopefully they do win that game. So that's going to do it. Once again, stay safe. Enjoy the holidays. I'm trying to think next video. I mean, I will talk to you guys on Monday about like the entire NFL. I'll do like my NFL recap for week 16. Next Giants video, I'll probably have a, uh, a questions video I want to get to. I know you guys asked me some questions the other day in the community page. If you want to ask a question, like just go to the community page and comment. I'll get to those. So I'll probably do that on like Tuesday or something. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this video and I'll talk to you guys next time.